There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. Well, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. We are here. Jacob's still waving. Like a kid in a candy store who got hit by, uh, you know, the Candyman can almost got hit, you know, that type of thing. He's still waving. He's still there. He's still good. Uh, <laughs> he's he's gonna start. He's gonna start going from waving. He's going. He's gonna do the thing from <laughs> Team America. I was thinking the Numa Numa dance. Oh yeah. Bye 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 bye. We're already off the rails, people. But once upon a time, we were on the rails. Yes. So, anyways, we're back to talk another Twilight Zone episode. Ross Jones, uh famous TV series that he just loves for everyone to talk about in such passionate fever or fervor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Jacob looks lost. You're right over there, Jacob. I think good. Yes. <laughs> anyways, uh, so uh, we're on audio feeds like Anchor, SoundCloud, Google, uh, Cups of Uranus, 1860s interstitials. You know, that type of thing. So uh, anyways, without further ado, as you can see, I'm currently here with my current co-host. One's asking for help. Audio boom. Oh, yeah. Jacob wants this to be an audio boom, too. I should probably say that. Uh, Jacob said it first, but I'll say it second. Audio. Uh, you know what? Every time I say uh, every time I say audio boom, you're missing something, Jacob. Audio boom. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh no. Where'd <laughs> he, he go? Moved himself out of existence. <laughs> he traveled through time with his uh with his celebration helmet with sparklers. <laughs> Which holy shit, I wouldn't want to that anything with sparklers on it that close to my head. I'm just gonna say it. Ja ja. <laughs> <laughs> you need one that says shit. censored. Also, Jacob, <laughs> don't touch my tools. What? Also, Jacob. <laughs> The one guy keeps on saying, don't for... touch oh, yeah, my tools. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, Jacob, like, 12 cents for a pound of steak is too expensive. 17 cents for a pound of steak. Yeah. Or 17 cents. So. And uh, don't forget about and those uh, those, 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 those uh, buggy whips. I mean. Whips. Right. In the oh. uh, old-timey police cop uniforms. In the whistles. Or in the harmonicas. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> and so the pigs. Anyways. Oink, 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 oink. <laughs> So anyways, how the hell are you guys? It's almost like I just saw you two days ago when we were recording this like three weeks before. What? How's it going? I cannot read that. Sorry. I'm good. Yeah. You know what? If I had thought uh, about this in advance, I would have made title cards that I could have flipped to. But I didn't no I didn't I didn't put enough forethought into it. That's okay. Right. Missed opportunity that shall never present itself again. Not in this. That's zone. all right. Yeah, not in the zone. We're not in the zone today, people. We're not in the zone. So seriously, how are you guys? Everything good? Everything great? Everything quite all right. Uh, it's nothing, Saturday. Yeah, nothing's falling off. Saturday, which is new for us. Not yet, except for our sanity well, and our quietness. Never had sanity. <laughs> Always have sanity. Come on, Triv. Never. Come on, Triv. Come on, Triv. 
Pretty sure I've never had sanity. Come on, Chief. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, you know, Derry. I do enjoy hey. a good uh, sanity, you know. It's, it goes good with the casserole, you know, eh? Don't you know? Right, right. Hey. Hey. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, as you can tell, uh, we definitely don't want to talk about this episode. What are you talking about? I want to, but you you just keep like going off on random things. So let's let's it. get into that's it. That's because that's what we do. We talk random things, Triv. Nick hates all episodes. Triv, don't you know? <laughs> yeah. Season no, three, man. Uh, yeah, season three. We're we're ha- actually that's a good that's a good point. We're in season three, but you know where we are, guys. Halfway through the damn Twilight Zone series. Holy right. shit! Oh, we've made it. Jacob, hey. Jacob's a little behind on us, but we're still halfway through the, the, the Twilight Zone series. I've watched them all. Yeah, like you have. This is true. And you wish you were on one of those, don't you? You know what this episode lacks? This one, oh. one episode too late. There's no bivouac in this episode. There is no bivouac. Is- There's no bivouac, and I think that that's a, that goes in against it. <laughs> no bivouac. Dude, now I need something. It would make me sad. <laughs> like you know, I left portions of that in into the last soul. episode, right? <laughs> I hope <What>? so. <laughs> I left portions. Of, I didn't leave it all in because it went places that were very, very weird. Always leave it all. Maybe would have got me uh, in trouble. Always leave it all in. <laughs> Never pull out. <laughs> right. That's what That's she what said. She said. <laughs> oh, oh, there was a joke that I heard tonight, or I found tonight, Jacob, that you weren't on the stream for. It's okay. um. Did you hear? <laughs> The anal raccoons? Did the anal raccoons come up again? That's nah, it did. It did. No, they, they've been kind of dying. Um, no, well, they, they, they uh, made what a ha- couple appearances. Did you know Miss Piggy didn't make it to age seventy? She made it to age sixty nine, but she had a frog in her throat. <laughs> <laughs> that's some good shit. Oh, that's like a dirty dad joke, right? That's like, one, like uh you should all tell dad jokes and see who cracks first. <laughs> <laughs> did I you hear different... about the? Uh... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, uh, so did you hear about? Did you hear about the uh, the missing robot father? He nutted and bolted. <laughs> <laughs> this is some see, of the great is... quality that you'll see in my live streams. I know, yeah, uh, right, right. So, anyways, with that said, um, that, that that's my jokes for the. That's what my that's my uh, contribution to this channel. So, hey, um, with so with that said, we're here to talk a new Twilight Zone episode. We're halfway through the series. Let me guys ask you this question: Has this been worth your time and effort halfway through the series? Like, like doing this podcast. Like, have you learned anything? Are you still learning anything? Do you feel revitalized for knowing about for chance to dream? I learned what a bivouac was, and that made life better. <laughs> I, I learned that I, learned I, that I could start started new... earlier. <laughs> I learned that I could start new memes like Cup of Uranus. Well, I mean, it's sitting right behind me, so. Yeah. And my dad right. has actively drunk out of this cup and doesn't say a word <laughs> about it. And I, I, I almost crack up laughing every time he grabs this cup. Maybe, maybe things that you love your anus, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I don't need maybe that kind of pressure in my or... life. <laughs> Are you calling me cold and frigid, you bastard? No, I said your anus is cold and frigid. My anus I didn't say, is quite I didn't warm. I say you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> your anus is quite warm. No, but 
it's pretty cool like like i was telling i think i told i think i told both of you actually this is the longest podcast i've ever done in the two podcasts i've already done i've already done two podcasts most fulfilling right Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. At least, at least, at least on a Saturday night at eleven oh nine p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. Um, that makes no, me feel special. How about you, Jacob? Very much so. Oh, it just warms Jacob, the cockles of my you. cold dead Where's anus. My co- co- cockle. <laughs> Jacob's just here for the pre- free per chance to dream jokes. I hate that fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> get you a T-shirt um, that says that on it. Uh, right fuck for chance but any <laughs> yeah we need to see if we if i could figure out how to do a patreon page one of the one of the tiers would be fuck per chance to dream t-shirt <laughs> and you start we need to start selling t-shirts hot cups of uranus fuck per chance to dream uh no sir i don't like it you know that type of thing but we're missing out triv i'm blaming you i mean feel free i i can't take credit because i'm terrible at design I mean, once you give me your theater, you have more time to design stuff. So pretty sure I won't because you're not getting my theater, you bastard. Bitch, I will get it. You won't. Get it. You won't. I'll take it. And I won't. Not call you back. I have I an it. ultimate weapon against your dumb face. Is that right? Yes. Uh, if you say so. You Absolutely, say so. I do say. Anyway, once upon a time, so, let's get into this bitch. So yeah, yeah. Once upon a time is a TV show that premiered on ABC in 2011. Oh, for it fuck's sake! And... <laughs> no, I okay. Um, of this show. Yeah, that is. I it, did too. Had some... On Netflix. Ah, cool. I'm pretty sure it didn't start Buster Keaton though, which is pretty sad. No. But uh, well, you know, anyways, he would have been a zombie, dead. so I'm not sure if that works. <laughs> I mean, actually, that'd be nice. Hey, look, it's Zombie Keaton. Uh, anyways, so with that said, we're here to talk the third season, episode 13 of the Twilight Zone, which of course is Once Upon a Time. It's an episode that stars the famous Buster Keaton, the famous silent uh, star of the 1920s, who did stuff like Sherlock Jr. and Steamboat. Uh, was Steamboat, Steamboat Bill Jr. Bill, yeah, and the General. Steamboat and yep. Yeah, Steamboat Willie. Um, no, Steamboat yeah, Bill. He, uh, what else did he do? Like college. He did, but he's done a bunch of stuff. There's actually a podcast I listened to that's going through the all the ones that he directed before he got, got kind of got screwed over by, I think, uh, MGM or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, if you ever see the yeah. famous shot of like the house coming down and the guy standing there and he, he shows up in the window, like the whole front of the house falls, that's him. Like, and they, yeah, they, or the, they him, had no or idea. him on the right or him on the uh, train tracks with the, yeah. the piece of wood. Yeah. Yep. So actually, apparently that I didn't know this, but apparently that scene where the train uh, collapses on the bridge is like considered one of the most famous scenes in history. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of the most so, expensive at that point, too. Yeah. Apparently it was like a real train. They used yeah. it and they collapsed the bridge on, on for real and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. They kind of had um, to. I mean, they, not to say they didn't use miniatures back at that point, but by and large, when a thing happened, they had to happened. actually do it. You go back yeah. to the super, and not to tangent, but you go back to super early cinema, like super early Westerns, they had live rounds that they had to shoot generally crazy. away from the person they were shooting towards. Right. That's, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, I know... Like I don't think I, I think we mentioned it before the podcast. The guy broke his neck. Didn't realize it for years that he had broken his broken his neck on Sherlock Jr. And that's insane. That's insane. A guy survived after yeah. breaking his neck, but apparently he was a kid that could, that could be literally thrown against the wall and been fine. So, but um, anyways, that totally said, break, uh, the episode, it totally like 
changes my whole perspective on breaking necks. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I guess he didn't kill all those people in the 80s that he was breaking necks. <laughs> back in the day, I thought if you got your neck I mean, broken, how do you think they keep coming? Right? How do you think they keep coming back? And that's why the same actors keeps coming back, you know? So, <laughs> anyways, with that said, uh, this episode is Once Upon a Time, uh, directed by Norman Z. McLeod, written by Richard Matheson, which makes a lot of sense. Richard Matheson really loves uh, uh, dealing with humans in crazy scenarios um, based off music from William Lava, who actually did Looney Tunes music. So oh, if that makes any sense, but oh, he did yeah. it for the because uh, I, I think it's interesting that the uh, silent parts of this movie or silent, silent parts of this episode have music, but the rest doesn't, which is kind of cool. Production code 4820 premiered December 15th, 1961. Um, this has a great cast that of uh, people outside of Buster Keaton that I love. I think they're great. It, it, it adds to the humor of this episode. Uh, but we have Stanley Adams who plays the uh, the fat man Rolo, uh, Milton Parsons, Gil Lamb, James Slavin, Harry Filial, uh, Jesse White. Uh, good, good cast. A lot of people you probably don't know, but uh, overall pretty pretty fun cast um jacob i know you probably don't remember this episode triv i know you remember this episode like i do because we've been talking about it for a uh, better part of two years now i think that we've been talking about how excited we were to talk about this episode but oh yeah um do you remember like the premise of this episode jacob at all do you remember anything about it outside nope. of buster keaton and being in it nothing at all i vaguely remember like i don't remember the, i didn't remember the episode but i vaguely remember there being a silent episode which this one isn't totally silent, but I remember like when when thinking about different things with Twilight Zone, I was like, yeah, there was one that was like a silent movie. It's really weird because when yeah. it comes to movies and shows, I usually have a pretty good memory, but this show did like a Twilight Zone on me or something, and I can't remember any of this <laughs> stuff. Some of it I remember. Yeah. Well, too, yeah, I think watching... just the fact that it's like the way that these episodes are titled, like not to say that, that it's not appropriately titled, but I do think that it does become, unless you know the episodes, like you can be like, oh, yeah. I think I know this episode, but then it turns out to be something different. Like the it's you almost it almost goes more by plot than it does by title of, a, of an episode. Yeah, the only the only episodes I honestly remember by title are the famous ones. I have a holder invaders, uh, the one with the the one that I actually just forgot the one where they the book the to, to, serve, to man. serve man. Yeah, yeah, the obsolete man. Those stuff I knew, but like once upon a time, I would never have guessed it being the Buster Keaton episode. I just you don't think about the titles of the episodes. You just think about, oh, there was a guy that traveled through time, or there was a guy that you know, shot, his, title uh, shot his load on a woman. I mean, it makes sense, but yeah. I don't know. It's not what I would have called it. Same. What, what would you call it? Jacob, putting you on the spot. I, I, I don't know. Buster Keaton does <laughs> whatever the name of that town was. <laughs> <laughs> Buster <does>. Harmony. <laughs> Buster Keaton does. Buster. Buster. Buster all over. buses. Harmony, Buster's Harmony, <laughs> busted Harmony, busted through, busting oh. through history. Yeah, busting, oh busting through history. There you go. I like it. Busting, busting through history. We too. see a electric Rod Serling come on with like those glasses with like the vents. It's like that with some like gold chains. <laughs> Mister Mulligan, a rather dour critic of his times. <laughs> he just waka, gets waka, down waka. and does a. He just is down and starts, you know, beatboxing and shit. Yeah, it's yeah, be hilarious. <laughs> and then, like, the fat boys come on and he raps the opening narration. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Can we get a new version, think, uh, a new old version of this? That would be. Oh awesome. my god, I think I think he I think we found the perfect uh, reinvention of the Twilight Zone that would work. You know. Oh, totally. It goes from 1960s yeah. to the 1980s. 
Oh God, can you imagine? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so with that said, um, this episode is very much a Buster Keaton style episode. It's a movie, a TV series. Or shit. It's episode. Yeah, it's an episode. Thank you. Yeah, we can we can figure this out. No, but it's an it's an episode that very feel very much feels like they were paying homage to what Buster Keaton was capable of and allowing him to do his thing, but also kind of putting a twist on it because Buster Keaton didn't really he did all he did some sound sound work movies, but mostly he was known as a a guy who was very physical with his comedy and his oh yeah his act, but he I mean they talk but they put up interstitials which. I think the interstitials in this are probably the funniest things in this episode because there are they play off what interstitials can do, which are the title cards that pop up during a silent film uh, that actually show the dialogue. But just the fact that they use um, they use like sounds as a way to <laughs> it, it, it's hilarious when you think about it because it's like most of the time it was just some talking, but most of the time they use sounds to accentuate the uh the movie so i i just think that was hilarious what they did and you know it's it's a it's an episode that i think is, it has some issues when it comes to um this is what you talked about last week jacob where you talked about how the character kind of flip-flops on his opinion of things but this episode it, it sticks with one thing <laughs> yeah yeah right but this episode sticks with one thing and then really doesn't follow through in the second act with that thing. And then kind of goes back to it at the end. It's not like the most, it's not the worst thing, but it, it is noticeable. Because how how I mean by that is this episode is basically about a guy named Mulligan. He's from the 1980s. He is very grumpy. He This is very much in line with what Buster Keaton's persona was for the silent films. Where he was a guy that was, uh, he had, he, he was a guy that like, pined after you know people and stuff like that but he was also a guy that kind of felt like he was getting pushed to the side a lot of times this is what i've learned at least from watching his movies in the last couple of years and if this feels like a kind of uh continuation of that character where now he's just a guy in his like late 60s who's just dissatisfied with everything he's upset by everything it feels like he never got the woman that he wanted or he never you know everything just kind of fell upon him in like dire straits and i love the whole beginning of this because it basically is a silent film he's walking through the town he's just angry about everything the, the 12 cents or 17 cents for a pound of steak the the dogs on the street the you know the, the shop on the street with the yeah the pig uh, yeah the pigs and dogs and stuff like that on the street chickens the the, yep. <laughs> the chickens <laughs> the store window with the dress i mean he's just angry about everything he's tired he feels like he's been picked on too much and it really feels like how um how buster keaton started feeling after he kind of get he started getting screwed over by the people he was working for and how they like kind of took away his movies public he <laughs> <laughs> started guy yells his clouds you know that exactly thing. he's very curmudgeonly like he's got yeah. like he he just has that he has that great like he's got a very elastic face throughout his career but he just he plays that 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 frown so well at the open jacob so this episode is great um we just started yeah what yeah this is not an i promise you it's not an edit no point we've been talking for just started no point do we do fully energized no, exactly exactly I, at no point did we do like crazy insane jokes or talk about silent hill or um, chickens no. or nothing none, none of that happened nope. uh no. jacob i don't even know what this episode's uh, about frankly yeah i know okay. crazy i, I don't know here. you're talking like you 
sorcerer or something. I need to get some holy water and like, throw it on Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You know how we holy water is made, by Sterling. the way? You boil the hell out of it. Um, <laughs> man, I wish you guys would uh, remind me like eight racist jokes ago. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. Uh, Jacob, here's up with the opening narration. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We're only about 10 minutes into this thing. Mr. Mulligan, a rather dour critic of his times, is shortly to discover the important of that old phrase, out of the frying pan, into the fire. Set fire, burning brightly at all times in the twilight zone. Short. Wow. Yeah. Right. I don't yeah, know if good. it's like where I pulled this from is is uh, there's I don't know if that's how Sterling said it, but it says uh, that he's is shortly to discover the important of that old phrase should it be the importance yeah i think so would would that would that oh, i know uh, importance would be proper but would saying is shortly to discover the important of that old phrase would that be proper maybe it's just a typo i don't know uh, are you are you looking at wikipedia that's right yeah it just says it's shortly discover the import maybe that maybe import wasn't oh like shit a... import yeah oh yeah import would i totally read that wrong <laughs> well no i mean we're doing this is the very beginning import so we're, would we're be fine. proper actually. it's not like we're doing this like an hour and i half like later. totally i saw that as a different word and you said it and all of a sudden it's like it came into focus that's fucking crazy it's like they live when you don't see all the signs and stuff and now you just can't not see them <laughs> i mean i'm just waiting for roddy roddy piper to walk up me and nick we're gonna have like a 10 minute fight in, a, in an alley yay especially but who has the bubble gum who's kicking ass i am <laughs> chewing the bubble gum uh, Trip's doing the bubblegum on the side as she watches. I suppose. She's like, plays in bed. She's like, Mao, Mao, Mao. <laughs> like smacking us, smacking us, making us do Russian roulette fighting. Well, that is what uh, I what I was put here to do. Right. Chew bubblegum and say meow. <laughs> I have so, chew bubblegum and say meow. All <laughs> out of bubblegum. <laughs> meow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the beginning of start of um uh super troopers. super troopers yeah okay meow is that right meow <laughs> right meow yeah yeah um you know there, there's a point where he has a harmonica and it goes tweet tweet on the on the interstitial cards and then i love the joke that the the police the police officer stops him because he almost gets run over by a, a horse and carriage but <laughs> But what ends up happening is the police officer says something, and all of a sudden the interstitial card comes up and says censored. I'm like, that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. And it says it again because Buster Keaton responds and just says, uh, again, censored. It's like, <laughs> that's that's a great way to use that. It made me laugh so hard because it was so fucking funny. Uh, but I gotta ask you guys, like, this before we get into like the time travel stuff, um, uh, Triv, as someone who's a huge Silent Hill or Silent Hill, Silent Hill, uh, I like probably, Silent Hill. <laughs> Well, I'd say that probably be more Jacob when it comes to video games, but it's, <laughs> you, you might like the movie. I'm talking about silent films, right? Triv, I know you're a huge Silent Hill. Or, I did it again. <laughs> Triv, I know you're. I know I'm you're a, a huge silent film fan, Jacob. How do you do? You like silent films at all? Have you watched a few? I mean, what's your opinion on? Um, I'm not like a silent. I almost said Hill film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a silent film connoisseur or anything i've seen i've seen a few i mean i don't have anything against them admittedly i'd probably rather watch something with sound but yeah i mean what i like about silent films is like the ones like buster keaton's where they offer something a little bit more than just the narrative where there's something technically technologically uh interesting about it because um his stuff was more stunts he was kind of like the jackie chan of his time actually he inspired Very, yeah. jackie chan a lot yeah yeah she did, yep. um but like the ones where 
because you know they were pretty limited on what they could do technologically back then special effects and all that but you see some of these things they've done which i think it was illustrated really well in the movie hugo which wasn't silent it was about silent films some of the cool things that they would do to didn't always look real but it was just you could tell they put a lot of work into it it just looks visually really interesting i've always Mm -hmm. found that stuff about the silent film era pretty interesting yeah because they um they had to experiment like they weren't they were doing things on the fly like stuff that wasn't ever done before because it was the 1920s and it really shows like i'm pretty sure today outside of tom cruise there isn't very many people that would allow ability to almost kill them or break their neck or ride a train on the train tracks in real or hang out the side of a clock or something like that you know as harold lloyd did well, that was actually um, the way that was set up was that was. Oh, I know. I'm just saying ground, like, but... right. But I'm just saying in general, like these these guys were doing stuff that oh, one yeah. would be the, the level of insurance would be insane. But Triv, you're you're more the connoisseur of silent films and going into an f- episode like this, being a huge silent film fan. Like, how do you how do you like how how would you, I guess, feel if you had never seen this episode, knowing it was a silent film and. What's your take on silent films in general? I mean, given the time, I I could see it going one of two ways. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. even if you weren't alive for silent movies, if you're watching The Twilight Zone, you're old enough where your parents probably grew up with them, at least at the tail end of the silent era, I I would assume. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you'd have some kind of recollection of them. So you'd either look at this and say, you know, the way we do with anything that kind of pays homage to things like the way we look at things in the 90s or the 80s, we look at it and say, well, that's a nice homage, but they do this, they do that, it's too modern, you know, it's not using this properly. I can either see them going, oh, that's a really nice homage to the things that came past. Hey, you know, this is my favorite guy growing up. Or people are looking to look at it and go, well, the title cards don't work. It's goofy. It's it's taking advantage, not taking advantage, but you know, it's it's not, they're not doing it right. So I can see it either going one of two ways, but I would assume for most people, because Buster Keaton was so good at what he did and he was so prolific and pushed so many boundaries and he was funny i mean on top of everything else he had a great sense of timing i would say it was probably something that was looked at maybe not in the same way that we play on net nostalgia but it's played in that way that it works like they they incorporated a lot of the gags that he used like he was often pantsless like that's something that yeah. they brought in here to play um you know the the physicality that he brings obviously he's not having half a house dropped on him or anything like that you know we're not in between two boats that are gonna ram together but he there is quite a lot of physicality especially for someone his age it's it's amazing that uh, compared to the three main silent actors at the time he was actually probably not nearly as popular as harold lloyd and um I think Charlie that was Chaplin. pretty. I think Charlie well, Chaplin. Well, no, but was... he's like he's like Bella Lugosi. Where I think as time moved on, I think he became the more popular of the actors because of what he did. But I think I've heard this that he was popular. He had some really uh, popular movies, like The General. Or not actually, I heard The General wasn't even that popular. But that. he because it was you talk in that but... time, you'd probably have Fatty Arbuckle and and um, uh, well, Charlie yeah, Chaplin. Fatty Arbuckle. More. Yeah, I got accused yeah. of murdering someone, but but just generally, um, I I think at the time, at least you're talking more because I think it was it was uh, Chaplin and then sort of Keaton and Lloyd were kind of yeah you know, yeah probably Chaplin was I think Keaton, the King oh absolutely right him and yeah, uh, yeah. Lon Chaney if you're yeah. talking generally not necessarily humorous but sure, yeah just right. like the, the when you think silent films those are the names that come to mind but I think Buster Keaton at least for me 
That name definitely comes to mind too. That's in that top three, four, or five. Oh yeah. 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 But I would He's still like, say um, that that Chaplin is probably Chaplin oh, yeah, number but, one. Oh, absolutely, without <laughs> doubt. But um, yeah. But no, um, and I, I think too, like if you look at like, um, and we've mentioned it in the past, not necessarily specifically about Keaton, but like with uh, Sunset Boulevard, um, there's mm-hmm. a scene in that movie where um, Keaton and a bunch of other has been silent movie stars are sitting around playing cards. And they're kind of talking about the good old days and how, you know, stuff has passed them by. And that kind of reinforces what you're talking about, too. I think that's part of the reason they brought him into that scene was because he was, you know, kind of left by the wayside. Yeah, they actually um, it's funny. It's just funny to think about, like, who the people in, you know, the Twilight Zone, similar to Tales from the Crypt. It's interesting to see who they brought in to play these roles. And it makes me wonder, like, was was Richard Matheson the bigger Buster Keaton fan or was Rod Sterling the bigger Buster Keaton fan or like it makes you wonder like well that's true but I was like curious if like one was like pitching this story and they're like oh you know who would work Buster Keaton and they're like well this was written specifically for him him. oh was it um yeah it was um said that at the end of last week's episode oh okay uh according to Buster Keaton uh Rod Sterling's promo for the previous episode Richard Matheson wrote the script especially for Buster Keaton so just from that, I would say it was probably Richard Matheson that enjoyed oh, okay. Buster Keaton's work. Do you think do you think Buster Keaton was like uh, Bill Murray, where he had to call him on a phone and leave a message? Like <laughs> they didn't just have such messages. Leave messages back then with a secretary. Well, I mean, you could leave it with like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Secretary in his gigantic <laughs> house that he paid three or three hundred or seven hundred thousand dollars for. That's a true story. Nineteen twenty wow. something, he built a seven hundred thousand dollar house. Wow, that's that would crazy. probably be ginormous nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. But going back on the episode, what did you guys think of this first first part before the uh, he finds the helmet? Like, what did you guys think overall? It was cute. I mean, it, it introduces you to the character. It kind of gives you the ins and outs of who and what he is. You know, curmudgeonly and, and, you know, prone to injury and, like, being clumsy. And, I mean, kind of the classics. Like, you know, he loses his pants. You know, he, he got his finger stuck in the rigor thing, which actually... He lost a finger in that exact same kind of ringer when he was three. So, um, but the fact that like, you know, that whole thing, you learn a lot about, I mean, it's two and a half minutes long that bit. So you do get a lot of his character and it's done silently, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, something you don't get often. So I think it was just the right amount. Yeah. Cause you do kind of, I mean, while I don't have anything against silent films, like I said, I would prefer sound. And when it came to, or like uh, vocals, and when it came to comes to the Twilight Zone, that's what you expect. But I liked how I know we're probably going to talk about this. It's not the entire episode. And yeah. I kind of like that dichotomy there. that it's not the whole episode. I think if it was the whole episode. It may have been too much, especially oh, for the so? time. Well, and people I, probably I think, wouldn't have watched it. Right. I think personally, I think maybe having Buster Keaton not say anything would have been worked a little bit better. But I get what you mean. I mean, Buster Keaton. <laughs> The funny thing about silent actors is they sound way different than you expect. That's there's a um I don't know if either of you guys watch uh, Babylon, but there's a joke in there where there these are silent actors who come into um sound and they're laughed at because they sound so different than what people expect. And that's oh what yeah, Buster that's the Keaton whole. Sounds like he he sounds like he smoked like eight packs of cigarettes a day or something like that. Oh Probably yeah. Did. Well, you look at you look at singing in the rain. That's the whole premise of singing in the rain. You get this gorgeous woman who you know has like a a high pitched voice and she sounds like she's sounds like she's from I think Jersey. So you know it, like she's playing Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> she's got a voice like this. 
Amor. <laughs> she has like the almost like the same so voice as Andy Fox had in Ghostbusters. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Well, same same yeah. basic New York or Jersey accent going. But... Right. Like that very um high uh New York accent. Oh yeah. Um much. but yeah, yeah, basically this leads into he works for Professor Gilbert as a janitor, which I think is great. But before he actually before he gets the time helmet. As Trevor alluded to, he gets knocked into a, a water trough and <laughs> he removes his pants inside the, the shop, the, the professor's shop. And he's running through the ringer and he pulls out a scarf. And he hangs it up. Then he pulls out a harmonica. Tweet, tweet. He blows in and goes tweet, tweet. <laughs> and then he hangs that up, which is hilarious. I thought that was really, really funny where he just hangs up the harmonica to dry out. It's just like. <laughs> and the harmonica what? was slightly busted too. Like if you noticed all the notes around it. They were ah. they were kind of crooked, so it was yeah it was, yeah it wasn't proper harmony. It wasn't working. He he just took his pants off, but he left everything else on. <laughs> your shirt, your jacket, everything else is so good too. But yeah, it's so but hilarious. That's why it's off. so hilarious. It's why no, no, the, whole, the rest like, of the episode is so hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, uh, but it's also hilarious that it just plays out through the entire episode too. But you know, he tries to ring out. It does lead to like, one of the best bits of the episode later on. I think. <laughs> oh yeah 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 well but, and, and like, all of he... those oh sorry no go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say like that's kind of this whole episode like you talk about some of the callbacks basically everything that they show in the silent part gets repeated like almost verbatim in the the non-silent part like the he sees the cost of different things and you know the harmonica thing comes well, back up and the pants thing and yeah, they do a good job I mean, that... of, of that so right but my my issues lie in what what how that how that like live action or not live action but sound portion plays out but we'll talk about that yeah, but no, i mean like he he tries to bring his pants through and he can't so he just hangs those up too so now he has a scarf a harmonica and pants hanging on the clothesline down in the basement somewhere it's, i thought it was kind of kind of funny but <laughs> i mean this leads to professor gilbert is an introduction and he has what he calls a time helmet and yes it's the 1960s but i think this fits the aesthetic to the silent film where it's this like over the top absurd looking thing that has these like things sticking out, sparklers feels sticking like... out the back of it. Oh man, yeah, sparklers. It's the flash. It has like this like time dial on it and stuff like that. It's very much what you would see in the 1920s silent film, just like this really over the top like thing. He had to like twist he puts it, it on. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he had to twist it on. He turned it, and all of a sudden, it just sparkling sparkle up, and he's like freaking out and stuff like that. And he runs out into the street um and smoke happens like what would happen in a 20 silent film is a uh, smoke and then it transitions to the 1960s and, oh you um, forget he someone tossed him a chicken like right oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i don't know where <laughs> he tosses him a chicken and he just takes it to the future i'm sure it's uh in a poultry shop somewhere at this point in his career it's career but <laughs> i mean just that idea like what do you guys think about the time helmet the idea of like the nature of it feeling like a 20 silent film that type of thing it was the proper amount of goofy i even like there was um the more you look at it the more you see like there was two little antennas that kind of reminded you of phone lines there was also like a yeah. barber shop <laughs> pole on the front that turned they did a great job like of kind of like playing up the because that is you know generally silent comedy everything is is big and bombastic not in a like not in a annoying way but just to with a lot of that stuff to get points across and whatnot like everything is the camera oh yeah exactly <laughs> so because i never understood that about like silent films i know a lot of the times it was done by hand 
but they couldn't like just slow the camera down when they played it back <laughs> so it wouldn't move like at two times speed <laughs> i can't say i don't know I imagine like if you got in a rhythm, if you were doing that, like you had to keep count in your head to do the proper timings. Maybe it was too much to try and do it faster. I I honestly, I don't know that much about crank cameras, so I can't, I can't really. Yeah, they have to go. They're like doing it slowly like this. (laughs) You imagine like you'd have Popeye arms eventually. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Or you'd just be really good at rowing or something like that. But (laughs) I don't know. But it. Yeah, exactly. Rowing a circle like a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he's like, sir, why are you rowing in circles? I don't know, but I'm doing really well. So, um, but don't talk to uh, me. I'm concentrating. (laughs) But um, it leads into Buster Keaton traveling in the 1960s. This is where I thought it was going to get like really interesting with his like problems because in the, the silent stuff, he has the problems with all the sound. It's annoying. He's a Grinch noise 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 and then it goes in the 1960s and it kind of completely drops the whole noise situation it drops the whole him being annoyed it becomes a story about a guy lost in time has to get back in time in 30 minutes well, I and... think they address they, they address the time thing. like don't... when he jumps forward you see like i think they wanted to make their point and then get on with it i mean they did the same thing in the silent part they didn't stick to all the noise and everything else like the prices and stuff you know they kind of did just... it and then got on well no i know and that's fine if they like if they slowly started to drop it as he kind of learned as he was in the the sound era but it feels like they drop like literally drop at the point he travels through time his annoyance with sound his annoyance with the the prices after he sees the steak price and stuff like that they never really kind of continue that until the very end when he's just happy-go-lucky but here you know he he's like traveling down the road he has a chicken in hand his helmet gets uh, taken away from him just by accident on the car because the car's like do 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 outside the window just happening hand just outside just grabs the uh, they had that happen that Absolutely. dude grabbed that shit <laughs> <laughs> I mean and I he's think like I... oh I can't get it off oh no <laughs> hell <laughs> I, I <laughs> think skateboard I mean... kid takes it or a uh, roller skate kid takes it <laughs> Jesus I, I do think with the sound thing. They wanted to punch it and then move on because like if he's sitting there, like he only had 30 minutes. That's the thing. Like, I think like they hit the sound thing and then, oh shit, my helmet's gone. He had to move on to other things. I I, I get that. I I really do. I I get it. It's fine. Like if they slow, like I said, they slowly, but they, they completely drop it. Like there, there's no point in the, the sound part. Do they ever address his annoyances with this world? It's more of just like, how does he get back? He finds this guy named Rolo. And he needs to get the thing fixed. And there is gags that Buster Keaton is known for doing, like sitting on the, the vacuum cleaner or getting stuck in the sarcophagus and stuff like that. But it just feels like that they didn't really, they didn't kind of take hold of the idea of that they presented in the first three or four minutes of this episode or whatever it was. And that, that, I mean, that's more just like, I feel like it was a missed opportunity more than anything. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's it was not really saying... supposed to be that serious though. I think we, I think especially for the time, Everybody knew coming in. Oh, okay, this is the Buster Keaton episode. It's just going to be kind of goofy and funny. No, I know, I know. I just we talk about. I know we talked about in the past about like things that don't make any sense that kind yeah. of co- take away from a friend. I'm I'm not saying this episode's bad because we're no, obviously no, no. I understand. Talking about it for it. two years. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it takes it. It's definitely below perchance a dream now, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Nick hates um, Buster Jacob's Keaton. Like, we've been appro- <laughs> we, we figured that out. No, I think that there was oh, so I, much else. I think there was so much else, and I'm not. I understand what you're saying 100, but I do think that from a story perspective, okay, you hit him hard with the fact he's in the future. He's going ah, like you know, because he had the look on his face. But then all of a sudden yeah. he realizes he's in the middle of traffic. He's, you know, the helmet's been taken. There's all of this stimulation of all of this stuff in this place that he doesn't understand. I, I think that, you know, and then he gets pulled into the little shop where he kind of sees all the technology stuff and Rolo and everything else. I, oh, I think to try and bring, stuff. I think to try and bring that whole sound thing back in yeah, would have been because you do see him like he interacts with the tv he interacts with all this all this stuff that he doesn't understand oh yeah i was gonna yeah we're, gonna, we're gonna get to the tv but oh, when no, he no. first gets amazing. there and the sound is just like insane i think it's supposed to show that you know hey all the irritations he had in the beginning with the just the the sound the prices the everything is just going out of control the world's losing its fucking mind it could be worse because he went there and he saw how everything's louder and brasher and more expensive well, that's insaner is that a word? I don't know. That is the great thing about this episode is the payoff with Rolo and the payoff with him are great because they they show maybe you should just be happy in your own time, which is what what we you know we always complain about how we love to go back to the, at least I would love to go back to the 1950s and 60s, but would we really love going back to those times? Like, would it Can be really back? exactly? Well, that's what I said. Like, yeah, I mean, if you were stuck there, like the the Weeping Angels time traveled you back to whatever time and stuff like that and bring some almanacs with me first <laughs> well yeah i was gonna say you gotta take those back with you but um no i mean the kid the kid takes the helmet and does what a kid does on roller skates and wears the helmet like a you know a hoodlum white kid in the 50s or 60s or whatever hooligan yeah he just takes yep. and he runs and he falls into rollo which i love rollo's character I, lo- I love these like heavy set like really um boisterous characters he feels like the devil character the the satan character and escape clause a little bit oh very much has he been in yeah. any other um twilight zone apps he looks really familiar and i didn't look it up uh stanley adams let me check uh oh my god he's been in a lot of shit he's in breakfast yeah i was gonna say i'm not surprised i i couldn't remember uh, he looked super familiar but i couldn't tell from where Oh, he was in um, what is this show? Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. He was in Star Trek: The Original Series as Syriana Jones. Oh, okay. Uh, he was he he's like that. He's like the actor that appeared in a lot of like one episodes of a TV series. Okay, cool. But he's never oh, like the guy. He's always no. that guy. He's like yeah, um, he's a- What's the guy? The John John C. McGinty. He's in everything. He's like uh, he's in Mister Garrity in the Graves episode that's why it was a oh okay he's like ron howard's brother yeah there yeah he just yeah he's he just pops guy, up and... but he's memorable <laughs> he's always there he sticks out and he was in house of the dead <laughs> and uh the ice cream man that's mexican for dead <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah rollo is a guy that you know he's going he's up to something He's he's like that schemer that you will find out eventually will do something to screw over Buster Keaton's uh, Mulligan character, but first they have to get the headset or the the helmet working, and they go to the shopkeep and a lot of the physical comedy gags happen in the, the shop. They first he's got to make a, a Rolo believe him by telling him, "Oh, I'm from the 1860s," and who's the who's the president? And, you know, uh, there's some like funny jokes about like the technology and stuff like that and. I don't know. What do you guys think about Rolo? 
as an individual. He's slimy as hell, but he's fun. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know because I was just kind of rolling with the episode. I didn't realize he was going to double cross him. I mean, until you obviously know where he's sitting here. He's like, oh, what's what's this right here? Fix that. (laughs) Like closer to the end. I thought he was just, I don't know. I wasn't reading into it that much, I guess. But then he double crosses him. And I was like, really? I liked him. Um, I like I thought he he and uh, Keaton worked really well together, especially that scene where uh, they're walking down the street, running from the cops, and putting the pants on and all that. I thought that was really creatively done. I just well, that's that's kind of a classic uh, silent movie thing too, like where the yeah. the yeah. way that they hide, it's like almost like a cartoon. Oh, very much. Well, that's what that's the funny part. Like they go in the shop and they're like, "Oh, it'll be fixed on Thursday," and they're like, "Okay," and both of them walk away. You're like Thursday. <laughs> I love when they, those, those jokes are like oh yeah that's fine and they realize they only have like 15 minutes before they need to get back in time and stuff like that and i love the i lo- I just love the sight gags that happen where you know the, the constant like they're working the rollo and the shopkeeper working on the back of uh, the headset or whatever and buster king is just walking around looking at things he steps on a, a vacuum cleaner that makes him jump like a cat and he sits on a vacuum cleaner. It makes him jump like a cat. He, he runs out to get <laughs> to look around and you know, it's amazing that he doesn't have pants, but he, he looks up, he goes to a shop, a store with pants and the businessman comes out and he's like, uh, that will be $5, please. And, and I love the side gag where he's like, Oh, Buster King's like, Oh, okay. He like, it's like, Oh shit. He's like, he doesn't realize he has like money. Somehow he has money later on, but he has no money now. Um, <laughs> I love that stuff. And then, the, like you said, the TV where he clicks it on and the guy's talking like you can, it looks almost looks like the guy's literally talking at Buster Keaton uh, character. He turns around. So he's talking to the woman, but I love that stuff. I mean, what do you guys think about that kind of stuff? Oh, it's always good with things like that. Like the, he just, he's so good at what he does. He plays it well. Yeah. I thought it was cool how they use like a bunch of those like silent movie gags and jokes in the non-silent time. And they still worked. It was a little different, but they still worked. Like the whole yeah, I, oh, wait, Thursday. What Thursday? Zoinks! Yeah, the uh, like I said, the TV. You can tell that it was like a a separate like shot from something else. They probably was nobody there, but it just like the guy's just staring right down at Mulligan. And he's like talking to him, like he's he's like the guy with the buttons. You know, to the crazy guy with the buttons oh, yeah. stuff like that. And <laughs> this fellow says hilarious. this guy's got no buttons. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> like who? And he's like, yeah. TV, you jackass. <laughs> I like how the dude just, Rolo just like accepts the fact that this guy's time traveling because he's got this ridiculous looking fucking helmet. Well, he <laughs> also, yeah. he confirms the date with him. He's like, who was the president? And he's like, uh, Ben Harrison. Well, who was the president before that? Grover Cleveland. By God, he's from the 1890s. You must know it. You <laughs> must, it must be true. You know who two presidents in a row are. Oh, my God. Humanity. <laughs> I, I also love that it said later on, he's like, you know, I'm a doctor in the 1860s. I'm like, that's random. The guy that runs into Buster Keynes just happens to be the guy that knows about the 1860s. He's like, I'm going to go back there. You know, it's a charming era. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, it's God. Oh, I did also enjoy the the repair guy. He's like, don't touch my tools. Don't touch yeah. my tools. And then, hey, buddy, stop touching my tools. <laughs> and then Rolo, like, brings out his own tool and he's like, don't touch my. Oh, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
man. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Like I said, I love, I, like I said, the whole pants scene where they, they, the two go out. I can't remember where they go out. They go outside. Oh, I think it's because they were looking. Buster Keaton had left already. The Mulligan character had left. So Rolo goes out to find him. And the police officer is walking towards uh, Mulligan because he has no pants on. And Mulligan that runs off. And he goes and hides behind Rolo. And the police officer's like, and they're walking behind each other, which is another staple of the 20, uh, 20 silent film yeah. where they have that joke where, you know, you can't see the, the guy. Comes because back, the they, they do that whole. Yeah. Seamlessly. This is really, that was a really, I, I enjoyed that whole part right there. Yeah. Cause like uh Buster Keaton's a really, I think Buster Keaton's only like five, two or something like that. He's a really short guy. So it really works as a good gag. He's only five. Um, two. Yeah. He was really short. He was really, really Damn. short, but uh, yeah, that's like he's a midget. I'm sorry, right, right. Little person. I don't think you say midget anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Midgets Jacob, out there. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just um it was kind of mentioned, but like they walk past and then, you know, without even thinking, they both grab the pants and it's like, Oh, I'm glad you knew that that was the size that you needed. And they like oh, they absolutely it up and work. Like, when he first oh, put them yeah, on. Yeah, he's like he's like holding up like he's like shh, shh, shh. <laughs> walking like a clown. I imagine but they had to be great. that big to make it easier to jump into, but like the ones he pulled <laughs> off the rack were fucking ginormous Absolutely. and then next scene it's like oh now they you went by a tailor on your way here too huh <laughs> <laughs> said drive by tailoring i think that was part of the character too like because nothing fit him very well like the shirt and the vest didn't really fit very yeah, well the jacket was a little yeah and i think Love that it. was part of the part of the gag with the pants too not not so much that they were so big that he could like jump into them but like just generally that was kind of yeah. his it wasn't like a like a charlie chaplin level like schlub but it was kind of in that realm yeah because buster keaton was more known for being very tailored in his suits and stuff like that right uh, like when he... not really he played like the road no. the road the routes or the, the routes the roles that he played he tended to play like not not again not not like tramp level characters but they were uh. you know janitors and like you know assistant boat captains where the the dad was like hey you're gonna follow in my footsteps or whatever it was he never played anyone that was dapper or dash you know he wasn't he wasn't like a apparently, clark gable apparently in his day he was like a really like in really good shape like he was a swimmer oh like he that, had to be year. though you look at what yeah. he did though effect wise and he did all of his own effects and he pushed at the time when he was at his at his highlight um he was command like he kind of had the same kind of freedom that um like uh what's his face Charlie Chaplin. Oh, Citizen Kane. Um, oh, Orson Welles. Hell, Orson Welles had. The French. Yeah. <laughs> the French. <laughs> like, his movies were taught, like, they cost more than any other movies done in the day because he came up with these crazy, um, like, like things that he wanted to do. Like, oh, we're going to have this boat go up and down. And they, they had to, like, build this stuff. That whole house scene where the house falls on him. All of those scenes, like multiples per movie, all of that, like they all cost a lot of money because they had to be done in full sized. And I would shit myself if we were going, we were sitting there. He had to have been, no matter how much of a professional he was. Oh, yeah. Fucking frame of a house about to fall on him like that. It's full size. Yeah. And the only thing window's not very big from not doing it is math. You know, I mean, (laughs) they didn't even, they didn't even for sure know if it was going to work. Like they they kind of adjusted. They said, "Okay, this is where we think it's gonna fall," but they didn't a hundred percent know. Like they didn't test it or anything. They just said, "Okay, judging by the size of the house, this should be where the thing should fall." So I mean, gee, he Jackie Chan really truly is like him. I mean, 
he oh, does yeah. the same shit. It's like, hey, I'm just gonna jump off this building. Well, like, uh, what if you don't land there? Yeah, <laughs> I think I will. I probably will. Absolutely. Just fucking yeah, because um, Jackie Chan was also a guy that got he like physically like mangled himself, right? Like he got in some serious injuries. And yeah, same thing Buster Keaton, like ridiculous amounts of in- in- injuries. Yeah, he can't get insured yeah, in the U.S. Crazy. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Like that's why he's not. Tom that's Cruise why he can. had to have a stunt double on uh, Rush Hour, because he's like, "No, I do this," and they're like, "No, no, you can't do that here." He's like, wow. "I can," but they wouldn't let him because they could not insure him. Wow, that's crazy. Is that why Tom Cruise doesn't film films in the United States anymore? Because that can't might insure be one. Yeah. Either goes to other countries or up in fucking space. <laughs> True. <laughs> that should be soon. Yeah, it should be very soon. But yeah, but um, basically, what we find out. I'm so, actually the question I had for you guys: Did Rolo give him money, or did he already have money? Because he seems. Like I think it was in the pants that he got. Yeah. Was it? It just yeah, it was a gag. Like, oh, he had nothing. Now he's got pants, so he's got money in there too. It is. Oh, okay. I figured there was just money in the pants. Makes me want to go check pants racks to see if there's money. In them. <laughs> oh no, no, like a I, lot of cash. I, I had a pair of jeans. This is no joke uh, that I found. It was a couple of years ago. I I hadn't worn them in years because I live in Florida because, you know, it's never cold down here. But once a week or once a week, once a year uh, for like one day. And um, I was looking through it. I found a hundred dollar bill in my my jeans. Holy crap, man. Like, I'm borrowing your pants next time. I mean, Any you can pants? borrow my pants anytime, Trev. Aw. I mean, you can fit in like one, probably one, one leg. So. Well, I mean, so it big. would come up over my head because you're so damn tall. Um, I mean, sure. Yeah. Nick is seven foot four. Basically, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually the size of Andre the Giant. You just can't tell because the camera the camera adds like or decreases like eighty five inches or something. Um, That's what she said. That sounded really weird. <laughs> um, I did find something really kind of de- depressing. Stanley Adams did commit suicide apparently. Oh. Um, oh. With yeah. a twenty two caliber pistol. Oof. Oh, pick a larger caliber. Um, I mean, I guess any it'll kill you. It did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was like, that's sad. It's state of Hollywood in the in that time, man. Sixty two. Well, now as well as then. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at like uh, from George chronic in, he was stuff. depressed because of chronic injury from a a back injury. Ouch. Chronic pain from a back injury. Yeah, back injuries are no joke, man. Tell you what. Um, but at this point, the the heads the time machine helmet has been fixed, and then as Jacob alluded to, he didn't realize you didn't realize that he was gonna deceive him, I guess. And he's like, ah, ha ha, mustache twirl, you're gonna stay here as I go back in time. He's like, well, I brought a chicken with me. I can just <laughs> hop on you to, and just yeah, hop on you to go back in time. <laughs> he just runs away. It turns Give into me out, guys. There was this chicken. This <laughs> <laughs> started with a joke. Once upon a time, I came back with this chicken, and his name was Bob. And now he's in my stomach. Um, and chickens. This is why eggs don't tell each other jokes. <laughs> they crack each other up. Oh, my God. Well, what came first, the egg <laughs> or the chicken? Well, I ordered an egg and a chicken from Amazon. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The dad jokes tonight, man. I'm telling you what. The dad Da-dum. jokes are just through the roof. You ever wonder why Peter Pan never lands? Oh shit! I did that backwards. It's just why he's always <laughs> flying because he never lands. That and that has the jokes definitely match the tone of the episode tonight. I'd say. Hmm. Um. Yeah, the tone of our episode, maybe not the tone of Once Upon a Time. It's a good tone. <laughs> um. 
the t- it's kind of like, the tone, like why is it how how does the uh, uh what does the ocean say to the beach nothing it just waves <laughs> uh, uh, you want to hear a clean joke yes or, well, i did that backwards you want to hear a dirty joke boy found the mud and hear a clean joke the boy took a bath <laughs> oh man three guys walk into a bar fourth one ducked okay so anyway so there, there's a okay. chase that ensues between rollo and uh uh mulligan and basically uh rollo is like 10 like two seconds before rollo goes back in time mulligan jumps over a truck that i think it's probably the same truck that took his helmet in the beginning but he runs over and he jumps on uh mulligan like uh you know like the like you ever watch those like movies where the guy jumps on his like feet or like across the guy's body and stuff like that he's holding on to him what's his name who's the guy danny k stuff like that you know those jokes but yeah kind of the 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 physical comedians of the 50s yeah um but um and they travel back in time rollo and unfortunately the chicken didn't follow him with them but rollo and uh mulligan or chicken travel back in time that that poor chicken uh would go on to uh jump into many different lives trying to find his way home i wonder if it learned to cross the road or not <laughs> i'm guessing no because he probably got ran over by all those cars it thought it might like uh. the 60s but then it found that it was foul <laughs> beards weren't very big then chicken didn't have a beard it hated beards, it, it, but then it grew on us <laughs> It got lost in the 60s because it got laid. <laughs> Anyways, so... Found birds I, of a feather. Uh, man, these jokes are getting terrible by the minute, I'm telling you what. They're getting foul, is what you're saying? So with that said, uh, they come back to the past, and immediately the police officer chases after <laughs> Chases. It runs, like, Rollo's sitting there, he's like, oh, this is nice. And just Silent Hill comedy. Or Silent, Silent Hill. Silent Hill, <laughs> Silent Hill comedy. <laughs> Coming this Silent Hill Broadway, <laughs> Silent Hill, the comedy. Exactly. <laughs> a town. Have you ever burns. wanted to see Pyramid Head? <laughs> you ever... No, no, no. Pyramid Head. <laughs> it's Pyramid Head. <laughs> In a new zany Songs. comedy. <laughs> From the group that brought you My Two Dads and iCarly. <laughs> Watch him beat the living shit out of everyone around him with laughter right, and jokes. As Balky. Have you ever <laughs> wanted to get to your phony bone? We rip the skin off your body in humorous ways. <laughs> we take a more direct route to your funny bone. <laughs> ah. And we get to all the all the ah! ultimate engines you want, including the, the dogs. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I love how he gets chased. It just gets to, it's just a very silent film style joke at the end and we finally go back a week later and uh Mulligan's happy he's excited he he tips his hat to the cop he goes down to his his basement where he's the janitor still and Rollo's not very happy is he he just seems bored <laughs> he realizes that maybe the 50s or maybe the 60s was not bad he misses all his electronics he misses all he misses his, bikinis like, bikinis and air conditionings and all that stuff and Air-filled pillows and yeah, bikinis. Maybe he realizes bikinis? that he's now. My question right, is: Does he miss wearing bikinis or seeing bikinis? He misses um, seeing himself wearing bikinis. Ah, there you go. Makes sense. In a mirror, because yeah. I didn't have those back he's... then either. No. 
<laughs> he just realizes he's he realizes that like Buster Keaton's Mulligan character that maybe being in his own time is not that bad. Maybe it's There's fine. No so what is... like There's no yeah. place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Sounds like a boy. So what, uh, but Buster Keaton's like, okay, cool. I'm gonna stay back here. He picks up the helmet, taps the guy on the on the side. He's like, you're gonna be good. Turns the dial and sends the the billion dollar idea back to the 1960s, and he goes back to sweeping. And well, he was just annoyed the by the guy because all he did was was a he was uh, which, which is yeah yeah, yeah which is great bitch. which is a great kind of uh kind of like uh, payoff for the beginning. I just I just I laugh and I realize oh yeah he's sending a billion dollar idea to the future to with a guy who will make billions of dollars off it which is another which is another kind of great I don't know if it's intentional joke or not that Buster Keaton had this great idea that he could have spent all his money but he's happy being a janitor and well I think too um because of like one of the one of the tropes if you're talking comedies is like someone says oh my god I did this amazing thing and there's always that guy that screws it up you know he you know yeah. ruins it or whatever and that was kind of a the, i don't know if that was specifically a buster keaton thing but i think that was a silent comedy thing so there's this amazing thing and it goes whoops it's gone and then you know because he you know did the thing with it so oh you know what we forgot to do i was just about is- to say did you know <laughs> didn't we forgot <laughs> the opening oh <laughs> uh, i should probably we should probably uh find a way to edit that into the beginning now seeing yeah. how we uh didn't forget to do <laughs> See how we didn't forget to do the uh, opening narration, and this is right completely uh, on on task and on target. Um, target. What do we think of this episode overall? Well, we didn't I really oh, narration either. Go <laughs> oh, we'll get we'll get to the closing okay, narration. Okay, okay, okay. I, I always ask what we, what we thought first, and then okay, don't worry, don't worry. Don't I worry all the time. Joke. Damn it! <laughs> I'll read another dirty joke. Oh no, not that. I'll no, no. I enjoy this episode. I think. I mean. I'm kind of biased because I do love silent movies and there's they they don't get a lot of especially now and I know that we're looking at this from the 60s perspective not 2022 but you don't there's a select group that talks about them but you really don't get people that talk about them and this is kind of a nice homage to what came at that point in time and I think they did a nice job with it it was nice to see Buster Keaton out doing his thing um yeah I got it's not perfect by any stretch, but I think it's got so much charm and it fits into that, that, that little niche you get of the twilight zone. That is like, will the real Martian please stand up or one for the angels or a most unusual camera. It's kind of outside the box for a lot of what the twilight zone is. And I live for those episodes because it's nice to see, not that there isn't a quite a large variety of things, but it's not sci-fi it's sci-fi, but it's not like hardcore sci-fi. It's just, it's there to have fun, and that's kind of where it ends. Yeah, I um, I think this is. I, I think Real Martian Please Stand Up is funny, but it's also very dark. I think this is the best comedy of the series so far. That, that's See, where I, I, land. I think I I would still say that most unusual camera hits a little harder for me as far as is it funny. because they throw themselves out a window. Is that what oh hell yeah, true? absolutely. Interesting though. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But that isn't to say like there's not there's not a lot of difference between these two but like most unusual cameras is, is in my top 10 so this is shortly below that okay but not far fair enough but fair that's enough personal too. top 10 that's not like specific to this list i like this episode it was very enjoyable i liked the whole silent 
film thing they had going on in the beginning and in the end with the times and it's never explained. I like that. And that was kind of a callback to the time itself. And, you know, that's when silent films were around and also Buster Keaton himself, of course. And well, I mean, I wouldn't want episode, every episode to be this way. I do like the variety it throws into the whole thing. Um, it's a goofy as hell episode. <clears throat> like everything that happens in this episode is literally there just to get us to get to some next goofy part. Like with the whole gag with them walking up and down the street in the pants and all that. It's just, hey, we need to get them walking down the street and he ain't got no pants. He's got to get pants and we're running from the cops. Okay, let's let's get him there somehow. You know, it's it's all that. But I really, it was enjoyable. Is it going to be like my number one? No, but it was really good. It was really fun to see Buster Keaton doing his thing, even at his older, he's up in years at this point. And uh, it was fun to see. I mean, he didn't have any houses falling on him or anything, but I mean, he took some falls. I mean, how old is he when at this point? It would have probably been in his 60s. Uh, he's born he's in his 60s. And, so, yeah. 95? I mean, yeah. so he'd have even been that, tumble, that tumble he takes in the beginning into the, the water trough. We look at that and it's like, yeah, I can do that. But I mean, you know, when you're in your 60s, it might not be as easy to just like jump into a fucking water thing. And he's not less necessarily in like the best of shape. At least he doesn't look like it. So, I mean, you know, he's still got it. And like the little thing about like I keep going back to walking down the street. That was my favorite bit. But uh, do I think it's the funniest episode that the Twilight Zone has had? I think I'm with Triv. I do think that just from a pure comedy standpoint, most unusual cameras probably just ever so slightly funnier but I do think this one's more original. You're right. I, th- I think so. that this one has more of an original take with like the whole silent film thing. And it's more interesting. I think, you know, what it lacks in comedy compared to unusual camera, unusual camera makes for and just outright lunacy and vice versa. So they're, they're kind of equal, but right. I would, if I had to pick one or the other, I'd say unusual cameras probably just, just ever so slightly funnier. Cause it is just outright goofy. This one, I mean, this one is too really, but yeah, yeah, it was, I, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was good. It was a good time. It's not ever going to be on my, you know, top five or anything, but it was still a really fun episode, especially after the past few episodes we've had that have been kind of not so good. Yeah. (laughs) Would you say this is kind of a palate cleanser? For the trash can episode that comes next. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just, I just think on the, the, the gag level, the physicality level, I think that's why I like this episode maybe more than, you know, um, the camera episode was that one called the most unusual camera, most unusual camera. Yeah. but like i said it, that one is just more on a goofy level people fall out a window take pictures you know all that stuff i mean it's it's basically like which one do you find more appealing than the other is how i look at it both are funny both are entertaining both are palate cleansers too uh, i don't know if the trash can came episode came after the most unusual camera but you know what i mean i think maybe just for me personally what what puts most unusual camera just ever so slightly above this one, as far as like the comedy aspect, not necessarily a better episode, but just from the laughs and the ukes would be the end of most unusual camera is so ridiculous and kind of dark. And, but I like that. It's kind of a, a goofy ridiculousness with that dark sense of humor to it as well. I mean, they all die <laughs> in like this super <laughs> ridiculous way. And it's so ridiculous that it's like, I, 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 I don't know. I really like that. Um, this one definitely ridiculous too, but it's more kind of like a, a little bit more innocent and most unusual camera. While not like hardcore has a little bit of a, a, a darker, um, bit of black comedy to it for the, you know, for the twilight zone in the 1960s. Yeah, no, I gotcha. I got you on that. But yeah, like I said, it's, I think we all agree. It's still a fun episode. It's still one 
that you would watch if it were pop up on TV. I mean, it's oh, totally. Yeah, it it has all the hallmarks of a Buster Keaton style comedy mixed in with, you know, traditional Twilight Zone arcs when it comes to uh, traveling through time and having to fix the problem. And, you know, there nobody dies. Nobody is, you know, killed or chicken fucking died. Yeah, more than chicken. Yeah, chicken (laughs) died. I'm sure Rolo died because he realized he uh, would have died if he didn't go back in time and stuff like that. And everybody dies, as we say. But not everybody lives. I will say I was really and it's one of those things that feels obvious to say, but it's not always done well. It's nice that Richard Matheson wrote the story where, you know, he knew Buster Keaton, but he didn't like, oh, my gosh, well, he did this thing and that thing and the other thing. He kept it very general as far as some of the things that were happening. Um, Yeah. But he knew the character and kind of little subtle things that people that knew what what buster keaton could do they'd be like oh my god he did the thing and oh he did this thing but it wasn't like "Ooh, look at this thing that i'm doing you know maybe that's an obvious point but like he he didn't overplay the buster keaton angle he let it just kind of happen naturally built it into the story in a way that made sense which is what he was good at he was good at allowing his physicality and character to play on screen and it wasn't always you know, he he was natural at it, so it wasn't distracting. It wasn't felt. It didn't felt forced. It felt natural in a lot of respects, yeah. and it does it here. So, but what's what the name saying? of that big, huge bicycle that the guy's riding? A um, well-dressed man is on, and he like trying to think. No, yeah, no, it's like it's giant um, wheel. I think it's a big wheel bike. Let's see. That's just what the is. It just a bicycle with a giant wheel. There is actually a, a um, name for it. It's called penny far penny farthing. It's not a tricycle because that would be. Yeah, it says the penny farthing is a direct dry bicycle meaning the cranks and pedals are fixed yeah that's a penny farthing mm, it was uh yeah. native to the uk back in the day very well-dressed man on it do you know what the difference between a well-dressed man on a bicycle and a uh poorly dressed man on a tricycle is about three feet a tire <laughs> i went way out of my way to get there that's okay <laughs> that's awesome do you know what the difference between people who have their microphones muted and people who don't are? Yes, thank Scared you. Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> silent, silent Nick. Silent Night. Silent uh, no, Mike. what I was saying was there's an episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer's making fun of people on penny farthings and he gets a knock on the door and all you see is the foot and the penny farthing and the guy just kicks him in the face. <laughs> he just drives away. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But yeah, I think I think we're all and pretty say say it's pretty good episode so jacob now's the time for the actual closing narration (laughs) now is the time i I hope i hope we might wait till the end of the episode to do it i don't know to each his own so goes another old phrase to which mr woodrow mulligan would hardly subscribe for he has learned definitely the hard way that there's much wisdom in a third old phrase which goes as follows stay in your own backyard to which it might be added, and if possible, assist others to stay in theirs via, of course, the Twilight Zone. So stay in your lane, bitch. <laughs> right? You yeah, know what? So. That that closing narration was short, like Buster Keaton. That it was. That it was. Aww. That's all I got. That's, that's terrible. I can do the ultimate dad joke. Sure. The old school, the oldest dad joke of ever, of all. So old that people don't even see it as a dad joke, but it is. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? Get to Why? the other side. Why did the chicken cross the playground? To get to the other side. To get to the other slide. 
<laughs> what did the vet say to the cat? How are you feeling? Let me whisker you away from this place. We will pause. Well, I'm afraid of the calendar. I'm afraid for the calendar. Its days are numbered. Last time I was out of town, I stayed at a hotel. And they tried to charge me $10 for air conditioning. It wasn't cool. <laughs> oh, somebody help. Get me out of here. Uh, this furniture right. store keeps calling me. All I wanted was one night stand. Sick. Make it stop. Hey, if April showers bring May flowers, what do flower May flowers bring? Pilgrims. That's that reminds me a lot of how you would find Will Smith in the snow. Follow the fresh prince. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, with that said, uh, knock knock who's no I'm just uh anyway. So with Silent that Hill. said, Silent Hill. <laughs> Silent Hill, where do we rank Silent Hill on this list? Uh no, okay. <laughs> Uh, we'll go ahead and head into the last segment, which of course is the Twilight Zone ranking list, the greatest list that Rod Sony would definitely have loved because he loves rankings and not making fun of his episodes in form or fashion. I sent you the whole list, but I think this is you said you guys think it's underneath the emotional muscle unusual camera, which is number twenty-eight. Uh I don't know. You guys tell me where you want to put this. I didn't say Tommy that Peacock. I said Cassowary. She's a cashew. Um Yeah, exactly. I said I thought on a from a comedy standpoint, yeah, that um, most unusual camera was funnier than this one. Whether that means I think it's better or not, who knows? That is a, another perspective. The shadow knows exactly. Who knows uh, what fear lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> is this a great a, 90s is this movie? A, yes, I agree. I love um, I love uh, Tim Curry, and I love uh, was it Ken Long who plays the bad guy. I think so. I remember Alec yeah, Baldwin was the shadow. Exactly. But do you know? He had, always had oh, that Morticia lighting going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. When he backs up, he's like, uh, oh, well, jo- Jonathan Majors. Is it Jonathan Majors? The guy in the Game of Pool? Isn't he the, isn't he the father of Penelope Ann Miller in that movie? Wasn't Jonathan Majors Kang? <laughs> no. Who am I thinking of? Um, I don't know. Jonathan Winters. Wasn't Jonathan Winters in The Shadow? I haven't seen that movie in like. I haven't seen it in ages either, man. Ever. <laughs> oh, you guys gotta watch it. It's it's. I've, so I've seen yeah, it. It's just Winters... been forever. Yeah, Jonathan Winters plays Penelope Anna Miller's. Let me put it on my uh, list. Father. Let me open. This oh, it's up. so good. Good back. In my... How have you not Damn watched it. it? Didn't you do a comic book no. movie? Somebody thing? stole my Microsoft Office. I will find you. you I've seen work. it. It's just been an eight, an age and a half since I've seen it. Where are we putting the Once Upon a Time? I guess uh, Jacob's fine with it being above uh, number one. Where's uh, where are we where are we at? No, I mean, do you guys is this a top twenty episode? Is it in the twenties? Like, where would you guys put it? I think it's a top top twenty episode, but 24. well, yeah, we're gonna well, put it above twenty four. I mean, is it is it above <laughs> like people are like all over and Game of Pool and the Man in the Bottle? Oh, that's um, a good time Last uh, the Howling Man. Um, the Silence. I don't know. Um, is is it better than Nick? Personally, I would rather. So, and this is me, because, like I say, I'm kind of biased. I would put it between. I'm I'm just looking at this one area. Like I would put it between World of the World of His Own and The Grave, but maybe that's too high. I guess World of His Own is very funny too. I guess that is the funniest one we have on the list. Well, because you get like that fourth wall break that kind of makes everything all the better too. Yeah. But 
that's where I'm starting. It doesn't have to sit there, but that's kind of where my where my brain is as far as starting. What was the grave? The grave was where the guy um like that was with the, uh Lee fucking Marvin. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that grave, yeah. Yeah. Uh Lee, Lee Von Cleef. I mean, I'm that that doesn't offend me. All right. <clears throat> Because I mean, I, I thought this was a good, entertaining episode. On the flip side of that, well, I mean, I guess they had something to say in the way of, uh, you know, we always think when you think things are bad, they could always be worse. Well, it's a grass is greener so kind pre- of deal. Yeah, grass is greener. Appreciate what you got. Appreciate where you are. Yada yada. But it didn't really have a whole lot to say. So you know, this is a very surface level episode for the most part. Um, but that doesn't detract from its entertainment value. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I th- I think a war, a world of his own. It didn't necessarily have I mean, all the physical stunts that this one did that were impressive. Um, but and it, the whole site going, you know, starting out as a silent film and ending in a silent film, I thought was really neat. But world of his own was really creative, and just really well put together. I agreed. felt like I think it was cool. a very well put together episode that was. Hard to find, not to say, obviously we think 15 other or 14 other episodes are better, but it was just a really well thought out constructed episode overall. So I think I'd be cool with number 16, which put it above the grave and under a world of zone. Um, I mean, I, I'm like right near there. I would put it like right below the silence, right above Howie Man. I think I just think the those uh like the grave and silence are like better episodes. This on a I mean, it is a different type of episode, but I just think The Silence is a better episode just in form and structure. I think this is better than, like, the rest, like, Howling Man. I mean, I love Howling Man, as we all know, but I think this is... That's just where I sit. So. The Silence is... I'm, that's that's where, where the, the guy cut cords. his... Uh, yeah, I cut his vocal cords. <clears throat> no, I, and I liked that episode, but the, I don't know what it was that gave it away to me, but... And it wasn't because I'd seen it years ago. It was, like, literally I was watching it. Like, it was the first time I've seen it. And, like, I just knew it was going to happen almost from the get go. I just like knew it. I I, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and watch the episode that we recorded for it. But I remember that. I remember for pretty much the beginning from when the bet was made. I was like, he's going to do this or this is happening. And that's what happened. So I think that took a little bit away for me. I still enjoyed it and thought it was okay. That was clever, but not clever enough because I picked up on it. So I think maybe that's why the silence doesn't hit as hard with me. But I thought it was a good episode. I'm fine. I mean, right in there, that area right there. I'm fine with but it. you guys want it a little bit higher, so I mean, would you guys honestly anywhere in that fifteen to seventeen range or fifteen to eighteen range is fine with me? Yeah, I'm, I mean, well, I'm not like super attached to this episode in the way that I think. Oh no, it has to be above. I'm <laughs> that whole range right there. I feel like it's pretty good. I did like it more than Howling Man. Now, I know Nick, you you have a soft spot in your heart for it, but out of all, uh, when it comes to like the silence, the grave. I, uh, they're kind of all similar, and my feelings for those are similar. Now, I do, like I said, I liked it better than Howling Man, but I did like a world of his own better than this one. Just ever since. Oh no, there's there's no way it goes above world of his own. So I I'd be happy. Well, I mean, I sixteen seventeen. I think I think the grave is actually a better episode just because I think it has some pretty awesome moments. I think this does too. I I think I would put it around there, um, like number seventeen below the grave. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yes, me. Does that work? I mean, if you want a really dark joke, I mean, Buster Keaton is in a grave. Now he's below the grave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two mechanics are sitting there. Two uh, mechanics are sitting there at uh, JFK Airport, and it's all 
fogged over and stuff. So one guy says, hey, you know what? I hear that jet fuel, it gives you a great buzz. So they have a great old time, like good drinking buddies do. And the next morning, the one guy one wakes up and he doesn't have a hangover. He's like, hey, this jet fuel thing is great. So then he calls his buddy or his buddy calls him and he goes, hey, uh, hey, uh, do you remember anything about last night? And he's like, no. It's like, uh, so, uh, you know, you haven't farted yet, have you? Or you, uh, what's wrong? You don't sound OK. You don't sound OK. And he says, well, uh, don't fart because uh, I'm in L.A. Because of the. Okay, so so we're good with number seventeen, right below the grave, right above the silence. Yeah, Sounds sure. Because if you're in a grave, there is definitely going to be silence. And Buster Keaton was that. Was once upon a time. Once upon a time. He's in a world of his own. I was in a grave in a world of my own, in silence. Some would call that a bivouac. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that said, uh, new number seventeen is once upon a time. Number 78, Still the Trouble with Templeton. Uh, number one, Eye of the Beholder. Next time, guys, we've done it. We're here. Jacob, what is this episode called? Once Upon a Time? No, the next one. <laughs> oh, the next one. The, the ne- trash can <laughs> episode. <laughs> Thank you. I was, like, I was waiting for like, We've been talking about it for like three hours. <laughs> right. We're talking about this, this is the episode that we considered the trash can episode. But if you really want to know what this episode is, it's five characters in search of an exit. Season three, episode fourteen, directed, <laughs> directed by Lemon <laughs> Johnson, written by Rod Serling, based off a story by Marvin Patel. It stars a whole bunch of people like William Winden, Murray Matheson, Susan Harrison, Kelton Grant, Garwood, and Clark Allen. This is, has one of the most famous uh, endings to a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, but we should hopefully have a special guest who will do a reckoning on our podcast. I'm sure when it comes to Jacob, she's and his- taking our asses to court, man. Yeah, Not taking our ideologies and twisting them around, and hopefully that happens. So we'll see. And in, uh, in a week. So Not scared, said, huh? Not ain't scared. scared, as they used oh, to say. Oh, you will be. You will be. You will be. Yes. Yes. Mm. Your weapons you will not need here. <laughs> <laughs> Only take with you what you have. Your weapons. You will not need them. It's <laughs> called fake noodle. Um, <laughs> An imposter. Bivouac. An imposter. So with that, oh my god. So with that <laughs> said, that is going to do it for this episode, which is Once Upon a Time, uh, the episode with Buster Keaton. Triv, Jacob, let's get out of here before Jacob tells more jokes. Uh, Jacob, what about you? you con- <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Shama, I tell no jokes. There have been no jokes in this episode, Triv. Uh-huh. No jokes whatsoever. Right. No jokes. Yeah. No. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, right. not the jokes you're looking for. <laughs> Content, okay. Jacob, you have plenty of it. Where's it at? How do you get? Oh. How do you? How do you tell it? Are you? Uh, do you have the guts to be an organ donor? <laughs> do I? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Make it stop. I do have content. You can check out my most recent contents at uh, J- uh, not the other one, Retro Jake XY on YouTube. I'm also on. Uh, I have another YouTube channel, Jacob Andrews Reviews, where I do some stuff sometimes. But check out the Retro Jake one because that's where most of my stuff is now. I'm doing new content there. Uh, I'm on Twitter, right? Yeah, Twitter at <laughs> Red Neville 2 No.com. It's just a 2. At, it's an at sign. It's like an A with a little circle around it. Red what? Neville 2. Number 2, not numeral 2. <laughs> that's where you find me sometimes. Because anal. Always because anal. Always. <laughs> the only time you can't find me there is if me and my wife are arguing. Like we were today about doing laundry 
but eventually I folded. I wish I could put my head just, in my just hands. Throw, just throw that clock out the window, see if time can fly. Triv, <laughs> you have content. You still have a theater for the time being. Where's that content Ideally. located in your theater? I'm not telling you because you're going to steal it. Um, <laughs> it's like my keys. I keep them hidden. Uh, sometimes I like to be sharp, but sometimes I like to be sharp. Sometimes I like to be flat, but always be natural with my keys. Um, anyway, so you can find me at Trivial Theater here on YouTube. Uh, I do random, obscure, straight up bad movies. Uh, I just did Bloodhook, which was a fun little slasher about a guy that kills people with a musky lure. Uh, it's a fish only a good watch. Jaws, check it out. Good, good one, good one, good because, one. Because uh, when you finish that one, you can <laughs> uh, you don't want to flounder around. You can check out my next one that should be coming out. Well, it'll be out by the time this drops. Uh, and we're doing bloody, uh, bloody muscle bodybuilder in hell, which is kind of a Japanese Evil Dead uh, movie thing. It's pretty great. So, excellent, excellent. And all you have to do is give her a Kleenex so she can put a little boogie in it. So, <sighs> yeah. Uh, with that said, you can find me on Movie Emporium. That's where all my content in these videos are held. I'm doing Jurassic Park and Mission Impossible with, of course, Jacob was on one video uh, with the Temple of Doom. Triv is on my Mission Impossible series. Talking about uh, just posting of, uh, close to posting of Mission Impossible 3 as this video posts. Or no, Mission Impossible 4. I keep forgetting this video post like a week after Mission Impossible 3. So we talked about Ghost, Ghost Protocol already. Triv loved it. She talked about, you know, how much it um, was like reading a book about anti-gravity. It was impossible to put down, you know, that type of thing. So Hey, for your, um, for your, uh, for your, um, for your indie content, would you say that people are jonesing for it? Maybe it was the last one. Maybe it was the last crusade. I don't know. Anyways, you can also find us on audio feeds like Anchor, Audio Boom, SoundCloud, Google Play, Music, iTunes. Subscribe, all rate, the, give us all, all the, the stars, <laughs> all the bad jokes. Just send us all bad jokes. We'll we'll find ways to incorporate into this uh, each episode. But without further ado, <laughs> oh, we're gonna head man. out. And for myself, Triv and Jacob, we'll see you guys next time in the Twilight Zone. Peace out, my friends. Get your hands off my tools. <laughs>